millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to unpack Saturday night's mega fight in Saudi Arabia's Tommy Fury got the better of Jake Paul and in the influence of turned boxer his first defeat as a pro. We'll attempt to unpack the fight and we'll ask what next for both men and either if either have a long-time career as legitimate boxers. We'll also be talking about Conor Ben after being cleared by the WBC uh, last week. The world's weight is now looking to sue the British Boxing Board of Control for £3.5 million pounds for their handling of his collapse fight with Chris Eubank Jr. last year. And finally, we have a date, a date finally, and a wait for one of the biggest fights in boxing. Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia has been confirmed. We'll discuss that announcement and just how big a boost it is for the sport. And we'll discuss the return of the GOAT MMA royalty as John Jones makes his return to the Octagon to face Cyril Garn for the UFC heavyweight title. Look, busy show as always. Don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Daniel Vanderbilt scores it. 76-73 for the winner by split decision. Tommy TNT! through these two and a half years I had a dream I had a vision I would win this fight and no one believed me now I can stand up and everybody can take note in my first main event 23 years old I had the world on me I had pressure on my shoulders and I came through the clean boxing program for our call has finished and uh, we put out a press release which is self-explanatory and uh, he will be reinstated next month on the ranch we're not stupid here we are not stupid the system stinks it's not working yeah, this is not good for the sport. I think it puts a really bad stain on the sport, and even more so on the WBC. Gareth, let's get straight into it. Um, Saudi Arabia, you should have been there, but you were working in the studio for Talk Sport, um, the big one, right? It would have done massive numbers as well. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury showing that there's levels maybe to this boxing game, and in the end, getting a split decision victory. I thought he won it by a couple of rounds, 
But in the end, he got the W and we saw how much it meant to him. He was crying in the ring. Uh, what did you make of the event first? Before you talk about the, the fight specifically, the whole event, what did you make of it? Well, as you say, you called it a mega fight. It was in a weird way, but the event was a mega event. There's no mm. doubt about it. The Saudis using, the Saudi royal family using this event and all the captured imagination, public imagination, a young crowd watching it, as well as a boxing crowd, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury being in those, the, the confluence of those crowds. And mm. they really used it. They got... Deontay Wilder in, Mike Tyson in, Derek Chisora's promoter. They got all the characters. Devin Haney was there announcing his fight, um, which potentially could go there. They were definitely um, kind of schmoozing the whole thing to, to create a platform to springboard to more events in, in the Middle East. And, and I, I don't doubt that there were talks between Prince Khalid uh, I remember him saying to me, oh, you are one of my critics when I was there at the Joshua yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a fight uh, live on air. Um, and, and maybe schmoozing Tyson Fury. We saw the banquets and the swords out and the dancing. I thought the whole event was phenomenal. I think Shane Fury, Tyson's Fury brother, said it was like being at a Las Vegas big fight event. Yeah. You know, outside the heavyweights, he hasn't seen a big as big an event as that. It was like a world title fight. It was an incredible build up during the week and and I hold true to what I'd said all along that there was a narrative there for Tommy Fury the whole time that he wasn't just fighting for himself and his family but for boxing in a sense and like you say that relief was tangible afterwards I I, I don't know what you made of the, the event but I, I thought it was a, a huge huge success and the numbers as you say were huge for it yeah I yeah, going on the event, I thought it was fantastic. I really do. Um, I'm, I understand what I'm watching. Um, I was watching two novices, so I can kind of part my brain and forget all the titles and belts being thrown around. I, I know what I'm watching. But the event itself, I, I thought was tick, tick, tick. It reminded me growing up watching big time boxing in America in the 90s, where ringside you have Hollywood stars and musicians and actors and A-listers. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo was there, you know, alongside Mike Tyson and Derek Chisora in the middle taking photographs and it's kind of what boxing needs. It's maybe what boxing's lacked for a, a long time. So I, I have absolutely no problem with the event itself. All right, let's talk about the fight, Gareth. Um, again, two novices and that's what they were. One who's never had a professional boxing fight really against a proper boxer and one that's had, what, seven or eight fights in Tommy Fury. What did you make of the fight? Well, it delivered what we really thought on paper as boxing insiders it would deliver, which is... Tommy getting behind his jab early, doing a, a one-step sideways move to avoid Jake Paul's punches. Jake Paul was exposed as more of a novice than Tommy is. Yeah, yeah. But both men, but it, but it was compelling. There was something <laughs> compelling about it because Jake, Jake Paul has heart and stamina and huge cojones to go in there. He's got great courage. You can see that. And he went at it till the last. Whereas Tommy had to kind of hold his nerve, use his boxing. Yes, he let his hands go at times. Um, he didn't listen to his dad in the final round when nope. they really knew they were ahead. Um, and he did get involved. He did get caught. And it was a kind of a little bit of a slip, tired legs, and he went down. There was enough drama in it to, to actually keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, mm. But it delivered what we thought it was going to deliver. Fury had to win in the manner he won. Um, the fact there wasn't a knockout showed that they don't get in the positions to knock themselves out. Yeah. Jake, Jake, Jake Paul is a real trier 
And I thought he comported himself brilliantly as well. I thought the way he, he took the defeat afterwards was perfect. phenomenal. Yeah, perfect. No, no complaining. Well, apart from him saying that there was a problem with his hand, but you know the way in which he's handled it after, considering the amount of stick he would have got, I think he, he's, he's great. He really is. And look, we'll talk about what next for both. There was a, a really intriguing and I think great fight as the, uh, the Chiefs support the co-main event between Badu Jack and Alunga Makabu. Badu Jack winning that one now to become the WBC Cruiserweight champion. I don't know what next for him. He's 39. I mean, there'll be a lot of Brits wanting, you know, a shot, at the, a crack at the world title. Chris Billum Smith, Richard Riakpour, a Coley maybe unification fight. What did you make of the co-main event? Well, it was brilliant. Um, Alumba Makabu was, was slovenly early in the fight, I thought, and quite... Um, maybe he gassed early at one point. Yeah, maybe yeah. Um, they hadn't prepared for the heat. He didn't look right early on in the fight. Then he battled back into it. Badu Jack definitely got ahead in the fight and 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 took over and got the stoppage. Um, extraordinary achievement to become the oldest cruiserweight champion in history. When you think oh, wow. of, of the... Yeah, the oldest cruiserweight champion in history at the age of 39. When you think of what... Uh, what other champions there have been in that uh, that division, in the likes of Evander Holyfield and David Hay and others. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wonder whether there were two Brits licking their lips watching that in Richard Riakpour and Lawrence Okoli, because you do feel that with the kind of youthfulness and um, explosiveness that and both size. men have. And size as yeah. well. Badu's a big guy, by the way. He was always a big guy, even at super middleweight. Mm. Um, and, and as he says now, you know, that extra 35 pounds is so good for me that he can weigh. And it, it shows. And listen, he's been a servant to the sport. He's a brilliant character, Badu. And has had that relationship with the Middle East for a long time as well, yeah. by the way. And has put on cards there and, and has been a part of the whole evolution of boxing in the Middle East. So in many ways... It was a golden night for him, and it was a great fight. I mean, it was a it was a it was a real battle, and he thoroughly deserved the victory. Yeah, it was a golden night in Saudi Arabia on Sunday evening. Not so much a golden night Saturday, O2 Arena, London. Um, again, for the listeners, O2 Arena, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, arena we have here in the UK, holds what just over twenty thousand. I was there on Saturday to watch Floyd Mayweather versus Aaron Chalmers. And I can tell you now, there's about 2,500, 3,000 in there max. And I've never been so disappointed with, uh, and I, I cover a lot of this exhibition crossover box and stuff. So again, I know what I'm getting, but this was a Floyd one and I expected a bit more and it was, it was poor Gareth. I mean, you were there for the buildup. Why weren't you there Saturday night? Why couldn't, why couldn't you endure the pain I endured? Well, look, I mean, there was talk about me being involved in, in the broadcast, mm. um, and, and I think rather, as it was for my situation, I think the whole event itself wasn't promoted yeah. uh, well enough. Um, they didn't put um, advertising behind it because it should have been a sellout for Floyd, frankly. Um, yeah. A lot of people knew it wasn't happening. It, it should have been driven more and not just by events around Mayweather. Um, I mean, I remember speaking to Spencer Fearon on Wednesday, uh, you know, one of our insiders in boxing, who was saying that, you know, rather like when Mike Tyson was in town, they should have taken Floyd to Brixton. They should have yes. taken and done an open gathering for him. They should have created more events around him rather than, you know, the skating event he went to and the workout in the gym. There's absolutely no way that if it hadn't been promoted right, if it had been promoted right, they would have got, 
you know, 15,000 there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not sold it, but they, there are enough people in this country that want to see um, Floyd Mayweather live. And it was his debut in this country. I know it was an exhibition. Ditto, by the way, for Aaron Chalmers, who I think put up a decent showing he did. He against Floyd and his stock rose. He wants to get in that milieu with Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and all those guys, KSI, and I think his stock rose. He had, was it 100,000? They reckon there was 100,000 Newcastle Geordie fans there for the Caribou Cup final. And they could easily have swelled that arena. So it, it was it was very disappointing in lots of ways. It looked fine on the monitor on Zeus TV. But as you say, in the arena, it didn't do justice to what Floyd Mayweather is in boxing. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned it was on Zeus TV. I mean, I was asking Spencer as well a few days before the event. I said, and I'm a boxing fan. I was like, who's showing this fight? I had no idea. And I'm thinking, if I have no idea, there's going to be a lot of people at home that, would have been searching on Saturday night to find it and, and pay for it. I had no idea. And how we how Floyd didn't do the rounds on Talk Sport, Sky Sports Boxing, maybe a bit of BT Sports and go yeah. to the big YouTubers as well is beyond me. So all in all, very disappointed. Not with Floyd. Floyd's going to do what Floyd's going to do. The organisers. They could have piggybacked on the event in Saudi Arabia yes. as well and, and, and just, just brought themselves into it. Clearly, well, I don't know if it was... Um, you know, the case that they'd moved the Saudi Arabian event to a Sunday night because Floyd was having an exhibition, I don't know. But soon after that fight was announced with with um, with uh, Harrison at one point, who was it? I mean, it, it was Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, Harrison, yeah. Um, um, they the, the event in Saudi moved to Sunday. I don't know whether that was just by chance. But um, yeah, it, it was dissatisfactory. Um, and, and, you know, and, and being there uh, on Wednesday, Floyd was here to make an impact. And I don't think he made the impact that he wanted to, or perhaps the organisers wanted to. No, he certainly didn't. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk Conor Ben after reports emerge that he will be suing the British Boxing Board of Control for £3.5 million. And we'll discuss the announcement of Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia, the big one. Um, split pay-per-view as well, by the way, Showtime and zone, which is interesting. But up next, we are going to continue to discuss Sunday's event in Saudi Arabia and ask what next for both Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. This is Talk Sport. This is the main event. This is Jake Paul against Tommy Fury. And Tommy lands three big right hands. Jake's legs for the first time just to seem to do a little wobble. Jake Paul tries to. What a massive right haymaker that wishes wildly and then a left jab. A little short left and Tommy Fury goes down. To the winner by split decision, Tommy TNT. through these two and a half years. I had a dream, I had a vision I would win this fight. I had pressure on my shoulders and I came through. Welcome back to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's continue. Uh, to talk about the big fight on Sunday. Uh, so much to unpack still from it in terms of where both fighters go. I want to start with Tommy Fury. Look, he was the, the one that won, so let's start with him first. There's been some discussion about whether or not he should really chase this dream of being a real boxer, as they say. I've got just done air quotes there for people uh, listening um, and not watching. Um, look, if he does go that route, this is a guy that's going to have to do 
area titles, English titles, British titles. Does he really want to do that? Or do you want to potentially dance in the ring with KSI for three and a half million pounds? Yeah. I, I know which one I would choose to do. Yeah. What does he do? Listen, he's got a difficult headache at the moment, hasn't he? Uh, or rather, a good <laughs> headache. Look, um, yes. of course, he, in, internally, he wants to prove, he's from 10 generations of bare-knuckle fighters. He wants to prove to his dad, who he's very close to, to John Fury, who was kind of weirdly fascinating all week, wasn't he, over in Saudi? It was brilliant. Um, you know, he was full of beans, but he kept himself together. He loved together. it. He loved it, exactly. And his son proved him right. Um they, they, they were looking for a knockout, but he outboxed Jake Paul. He held his nerve. He did all the things asked of him. Um, they've got a difficult problem, um, uh, but it's, it's one that he will handle. And I think, why not in an inherently dangerous sport, if you've put yourself in, in, in a position which, you know, he was brilliant on Love Island. He and Molly May are very much a kind of celebrity couple now. They've just had a baby. He's earned huge money for beating Jake Paul. He stepped up. There's huge relief. They achieved what he needed to do. He showed that he knows boxing skills. There's lots of vulnerabilities about him as a boxer, but he's got the rudiments. Yeah. KSI is calling him out. He's got 41.5 million uh, um, social media followers. Oh. It's an enormous fight. KSI isn't even the boxer that, that, that Jake Paul is. And he's improving yeah, as well. Yeah. So why not take that fight? I think Tommy might even take the Jake Paul uh, rematch, first of all. There's lots of money. He's got nothing to worry about with Jake Paul because Tommy can get better now as well. And he knows Jake Paul isn't going to suddenly develop a ramrod jab and a way of using his feet to get on the inside because Tommy tied him up very cleverly during the fight as soon as they were close. Um, they both got penalised for that kind of thing as well by a very overzealous... Uh, referee but listen he's in a in a brilliant position now the difficulty for him is he's going to be a target for all the big name youtubers and influencers they'll all want to fight him because they want to compare themselves to what jake paul did but really he probably deep down inside wants to be a like we're saying with uh, inverted commas a true boxer it's a, it's it's a weird scenario but take the money take these fights boxing's an inherently dangerous sport and he is probably still seven fights away from fighting for a British title or English title. Could, could he somehow juggle the both? Could, could, he, could he do that? Could he, because let's be honest, the YouTuber fights are a lot easier. Like if he were to fight a KSI, no disrespect to KSI, but that's a lot easier than fighting someone for an English title. Could he somehow fight KSI in the summer for big money, Wembley Stadium, and at the same time, go to Copper Box a couple of months later and fight for an English title. Could he do that? He may well do that, um, but he's going to be earning probably a tenth, if that, of what he's... And the earning does come into it, the motivation. You know, it's going to be a very, very interesting battle for him, that internal motivation and that motivation of being a big star and and that, that, that the influencer kind of milieu drawing him in. I mean, why would he not take those big fights that, that, uh, in terms of earning money? It, look, he probably will do, as you've suggested, do both. But getting himself up for one fight or another type of fight, I don't know. We've said even going into this Jake Paul fight, Tommy Fury is on the cusp, on the crossroads of deciding what he wants mm. to be. So, yeah, it's a very weird conundrum for him. Very, very weird indeed. 
Yeah. Um, for Jake Paul, um, look, I think the, the show does go on. Uh, you mentioned a possible rematch against Tommy Fury. That will be big, big money, big numbers, right? It just will because they know how to promote these two. It will be fantastic. There's Nate Diaz out there. There's KSI. There is the Hassim Rachman Jr. route as well. He's not going away, is he? This isn't a guy that's crying into his cornflakes. He, he's handled it well. He's going to continue fighting, isn't he? He did. He had all the right answers after after losing and said, you know, judge me on my losses, not my wins. He was very magnanimous in defeat. He felt he'd won the fight. All right, one judge did score it for him. I don't know how the judge did score it for him. I didn't think it was that difficult to score that fight. Tommy won by two mm -hmm. or three rounds, uh, by two or three points. Um, but I think the thing is with Jake Paul, there was enough in that fight for them to have a second fight. There's no doubt about it. There was enough drama, enough narrative. The, the build-up was phenomenal, of course. But there was an, enough in the actual fight for Jake Paul to go away and work at it and come back again. I, I think we get a very similar outcome a second time, frankly. Um, I think they, they were both very tired by the eighth round. Um, and, yeah. you know, Tommy's legs went, I know he slipped and went down. Um, but, he, but he was caught by Jake Paul. There's no question about it. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me to... If they did it again, they could do it in Los Angeles. They could do it anywhere, frankly. They might even go back to Saudi and do it. But it wouldn't surprise me if those two fought again. But does he fight KSI in the middle? I, I think they probably will go with Jake Paul if they have to, because I think the KSI fight doesn't quite work in, in boxing terms at the moment for Tommy Fury. Yeah, it doesn't, right? I mean, KSI is a YouTube boxer. Yeah. There's no two ways about yeah. it, as whereas... Jake Paul is kind of crossovered, if you like, yeah. uh, to real boxing. Uh, let, let's hear it from Tommy Fury. This was him speaking to Spencer Oliver, who did what you did. He jumped in the ring straight after the fight and spoke to a very, very emotional Tommy Fury. Tommy, well, that was a very emotional performance there, mate. You had to dig deep. Dug deep. Past two and a half years, everybody, everybody went against me, other than my own family. Tonight, this is for everyone. My dad wouldn't be here without him. He stood by my side all the way through the hardship. And I know here, you know, this is his victory. This matters to be a world title. I train hard for this. I put everything I had into this. And I'm here, and I'm a real fighter. You had so much on the line because you was considered a real boxer. Had you lost that, that could have been really damaging to the future of your boxing career. At the end of the day, we're here. I'm the winner, and we move forward. Yeah, brilliant performance. Listen, he said there he felt he had a couple of points deducted. He feels that it could have gone the other way. Split decision. He'd like to do it again. Could we see that? Yeah, 100% at the end of the day. He had, I had as many points took as him. I won this fight fair and square. I had a slip that was counted in the seventh round, I think it was, but the punches were tallying up. You know, it's what you've you got to score with your eyes, not, 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 not what you're looking at. Yeah, I'm saying, would you give him the return if he asked for it? 100%. Listen, it's my first main event. I had the pressure of the world on me tonight, and I came through. I'm only going to grow stronger from this. Tommy, you showed a lot of character in there, mate. Well done. Brilliant performance. Thank you very much. Spencer Oliver there um, turning into Gareth A. Davis. It's weird watching him actually do that. I was thinking he's going to get kicked out of the ring, but no, he, he was able to, to stay in there. Um, Tommy, very emotional, um, as expected. Um, it was a big win as well. Just the pressure going into the fight. People saying, you know, he'll be kicked out of the Fury household in Dynasty if he doesn't win. Jake Paul obviously would have made a, a thousand memes if he beat him. So I think it was emotional, not just because of the W, but the pressure going into it. Yeah, you could see the relief in the dressing room afterwards, how much the whole Fury clan celebrated. They celebrated, I think, more than when Tyson Fury won the world title. There was, there was more noise, <laughs> yeah, there was yes, more enthusiasm, yes. you know, and that, the relief was all round. 
because whatever anyone says, there was something of the reputation of not just the family, but boxing on the line there in lots of senses. So that it, it just mm. showed that you can't just step into boxing and after three years suddenly be a boxer. They showed all their strengths and weaknesses. They showed exactly where they were in their careers, both as novices. And let's not forget, this is the richest eight-round novice fight in history we've just witnessed, yeah? Um, wow. And, and, and I, I've, I've called it a fight for the new age, in a sense. Uh, and this is this new age, this evolving age we're in at the moment, where we are discussing these things all the time. You and I have been involved in interviewing some of these guys, in broadcasting these events. It is different. You know, boxing has been hijacked, in a sense, ambushed by a certain group of people and that they did there is parody involved in this and you know until they step into the ring in some of the you know like the misfits boxing and so on it does look like boxing but it isn't real boxing it's white collar celebrity boxing this was a crossover in a weird way that first genuine crossover that we've seen huge relief for fury we heard that in the emotion there and whatever anyone said However cool and calm and collected he was all week, he was must have been so nervous going into that ring on Saturday night. Ditto Jake Paul, by the way. But it was Tommy Fury that was on a lose-win and Jake Paul that was on a win-win for me in going into it. Yeah, huge relief for Fury. Huge relief, some are saying, for boxing. Yeah, <laughs> It yeah. was almost boxing against YouTubers there and, and, and boxing uh, got the victory. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are... Going to talk Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia after the pair finally confirmed they will fight later this year. April 22nd, we're here in T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas. Up next, though, we are going to talk Conor Ben. Uh, the welterweight fighter is looking to sue the British Boxing Board of Control. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The clean boxing program for our call has finished and uh, we put out a press release which is self-explanatory and uh, he will be reinstated next month on the ranking. 
listen, we know what's happened here. We know how long it's taken for them to come to this, you know, to this thing. And, and you know, certain things were presented. You know, governing bodies didn't accept that. Then something else was presented. Come on, guys. We're not stupid here. We are not stupid. The system stinks. It's not working. He's the only route to prove it is to sit in front of the uh, British Boxing Board of Control and to provide them with sufficient evidence to get past the strict liability obligation that he has to be licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control. If you're innocent of something, you don't need to tie people up in legal knots. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. The great Gareth A. Davis alongside myself, Adi Oladipo. All right, let's talk Conor Ben. Um, he's suing the British Boxing Board of Control for three and a half million. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Me and you have not actually spoke, Gareth, since the WBC's ruling came out. Um, Conor Ben and his legal team sent a 270-page document to the to the WBC. And they've come back and said, OK, we, we believe you. Um, there was clomiphene in your system, but we believe that it's actually come from the amount of eggs you eat. Um, and that's the reason they put him back in the rankings. He's now clear to fight. Um, he's still having ongoing problems with the British Boxing Board of Control regarding their licensing of him fighting over here. But I do want to get to this 270-page document, all for it to be just about eggs. I, I feel like there's more to this. I, I feel like the WBC need to release the full statement here because I don't think they have. Well, uh, Mauricio Suleiman, who was in the president of the WBC, who was in Saudi Arabia at the, uh, for the build-up last week uh, with Tommy Fury and Jake Paul, um, he gave several interviews where he was asked this question about the statement and but didn't want to elucidate any further than on that statement that mm. came out last Wednesday. Um, they've exonerated him of knowingly cheating. Um, they've upheld the VADA tests that they weren't contaminated or their, their VADA test, the WBC CARES test taken in July. Um, and But they've accepted that Conor Ben's nutritional input um, could have caused the, the clomiphene um, uh, to show up, well, not twice in the system, but because it only relates to that one test. Because the VADA test yeah. taken in September ahead of the Chris Eubank fight that was scuppered, obviously, um, three days before the event, um, doesn't hold up in this investigation uh, for now because that report was simply about that one. Um, there's no strict liability on that one, which there is on the other VADA test. So, um, they they have accepted that he's not a drugs cheat, um, that that he has not knowingly put clomiphene in his system, um, and and therefore in in a sense, um, Eddie Hearn, his promoter, says he wants to press on with his career, um, and Conor Ben mm -hmm. is saying, look, I, I've proved in this report, this two hundred seventy page report, that I am not a drugs cheat. Um, look, there's a lot of, there's a lot to talk around this. Now he's suing the board for 3.5 million. Apparently, um, we're yet to have confirmation of that. He's planning to sue the board, is what I've read, over lost earnings for yeah. that Chris Eubank junior fight. But it's just putting pressure, isn't it, on the board to make a decision and UK, UK anti-doping to make a decision over whether they. Relink whether they renew his license rather, or whether they take a decision on banning him or um, giving back the license that he relinquished last October that he surrendered to them in their hearing. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's all legalese. There's a lot of pressure on the board in UCAD. They don't have those kind of resources. So you know, I mean, 
that, that's what it is, isn't it? That's what it is. Sorry to sorry to cut across you, Gareth. I do apologize. That's that's the big thing here. Um, Conor Ben suing the British Boxing Board of Control, who don't have three and a half million. They don't have that. It's almost as though I feel that there's pressure on their necks now to kind of just okay, let's move on from this. Let's move on. Let's let's just kind of get rid of it because we can't afford to go down a legal route with you. So potentially, here's your license back, and everyone can just stop. That's what it seems like for me on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, and you know, whether you believe Conor Ben or not, um, whether you know the eggs is a viable excuse, um, you know, they've the, the World Boxing Council have put him in a position to be able to fight for his um, right to get back into the ring. So, and he's and he's taking it with both hands. So, you know, the key for me is what the Boxing Board of Control and UCAD's response is to this. Um, mm. I know that um, Frank Smith had brief words with, with uh, Robert Smith last week after this came out. But apart from that, I don't believe the board have received or UCAD have received this report yet. You know, I'm waiting to find out from Robert Smith. Um, but it's, again, it, it, it's a very muddied situation. It has been for five months. Um, we believed this was going to come out anyway in terms of the revelation from the WBC that they were going to back Conor Ben, not as a drugs cheat. So it's just one of those very awkward, difficult situations in boxing where we're, we're, you know, we're not getting um, transparency on, on exactly how um, the board are being treated. It's all behind legalese. It's a very complex situation. Um, you, you can tell that Robert Smith's upset by this because Robert Smith doesn't really do interviews. Obviously, he done, he done one with Simon Jordan for TalkSport. He's normally in the shadows. Obviously, look, we see him at, at all the boxing events, but he doesn't really come out and speak about certain instances, certain things that have happened in the sport. So he's clearly angered by this. And I do wonder if there's a bit of a power struggle here. But what angers me is how Conor Ben's legal team and Conor Ben, he has to take responsibility as well. It's he, you know, he's the head honcho. How they've given the WBC this 270-page document and VADA, and they've not said, okay, UCAD, British Boxing Board of Control, you have it as well. Like, why are we not sharing information here? You well, want to clear your name with the British Boxing yeah. Board of Control, give it to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Eddie Hearn has a beef with, with the Boxing Board of Control after not making a decision earlier when they knew about the... Mm. A positive test for clomiphene, which he has a right to to believe. I think you know why didn't the board make a decision earlier? Yeah, why was yeah. it left um, until three days before the event? Was it because the story came out through a newspaper article? Um, you know, there's all these things that that need clearing up, and you know, it, it's doubtful whether it all will be cleared up. You know, because for five months, no one's really wanted to talk about the absolute detail here. You know, Conor Ben has tested positive twice. Um, th those VADA tests have been upheld by UCAD for one um, and the Boxing Board mm. of Control because they had that hearing last October and, and also um, by the WBC, whether they like it or not, because the WBC have said there was no contamination in the actual test, no contamination by the VADA testing purely that they're yeah. accepting that the eggs, that something in the eggs caused the test. Look, the, the trouble is Conor Ben may be completely innocent and it may be down to eggs intake. And, you know, he's very strident about this. So, you know, it, it's, 
what we wanted was transparency from it, you know, and, and I don't think we're going to get it. Yeah. What doesn't help as well. And I want to sort of play this out now. This is um, Spencer Oliver in Saudi Arabia. As you said, Mauricio Suleiman was out there mm. giving out these wonderful, glorious belts to Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. But look, this is what he had to say when Spencer tried to, to ask him about this Conor Ben situation. Yeah, the clean boxing program for all folk has finished. And uh, we put out a press release, which is self-explanatory, and uh, he will be reinstated next month on the right. Sure. I mean, does that... I mean, the, the British Boxing Board of Control, he doesn't hold a license anywhere at the moment, Conor Ben. He's, he relinquished his British Boxing Board of Control license. So with him getting reinstated, just to clear all this up, he gets reinstated into the WBC rankings, but he will have to get a license from somewhere in the world. Um, I'm not sure he's going to go down the British Boxing Board route, so could that possibly be America or somewhere else? I don't know. Uh, we do not license back boxers. Sure. And uh, we simply said everything that happened in the sure. ruling, so that's all that, that we have to, to say about the case. Yeah, I mean, I know you received a 270-page document about, you know, Connor's case and, and, you know, and about what he was saying to prove his innocence. Um, he did fail two tests at two different times. The UK test that he had failed. Um, could you clear up how how this was no, cleared up I mean I am not a scientist and uh, the ruling is very clear that's the only thing that we have to say about the man I mean you was comfortable with what they presented in that document to say well yeah it's okay to let him continue boxing even though he had failed those two tests previously you're trying to put me into a corner no, and, no, I'm not I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the answer that's all because no, it's still a little bit unclear at the moment as to why or how he was reinstating the WBC rulings without having this license we, we and why a, not? We did a process under the protocol and the ruling came from that process and that's what we put out a couple of days. Uh, Mauricio Suleiman there, I was going to say this is what he had to say. He's basically avoiding the question. He doesn't really want to say anything. And this doesn't help either when you've got the head of the WBC not giving clarity as to the decisions they've made that also leads to a problem. You've made a decision, explain your decision. And they, and he can't, he won't. And again, this is the problem. This is almost becoming one of the biggest drug scandals we've ever seen over here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's blowing up to epic proportions that it maybe shouldn't or didn't need to. Yeah. Because no one is given the boxing public, boxing people like yourself, simple answers. Yeah, it's very hard to get answers on it. I mean, we're all scrabbling around for, for, for answers on it. But, you know... <clears throat> clearly, after this statement, I, mean, I think Mauricio Suleiman could have commented on, <clears throat> excuse me, commented on his own statement. That's that's what yes. was disappointing that he didn't go over the details of the statement. I, I thought that was disappointing. But um, beyond that, Eddie Hutton said quite openly that they are now moving on with Conor Ben's career. They're mm. going to look to get him out in May, June, or July, April, May, June. I think he said, um, and. It could be in the UK, but that will that will kind of hang on the resolution from UCAD and the Boxing Board of Control. He said, we can't wait forever to move on. They're using that as a springboard, the WBC uh, exoneration as a springboard um, that he hasn't knowingly cheated to move on, have a fight. We know there's been talks of Manny Pacquiao in the background. Conor Ben is an even bigger name now. They might go to the Middle East. They could go to America. Um, and, and, and Eddie Hearn said quite patently in an interview with IFL TV last week that, you know, we move on. We'll either fight here, depending on how long the board take to make their decision, or we'll fight in Saudi or the, or the USA. So in other words, 
they're going on with the career. And it, it does bring into question the, the, the procedure when someone does test positive now yeah. for a banned mm. substance. Are you able to override it um, by, um, you know, the WBC, who aren't a licensing body? I think this is the key no. point. Um, who are a sanctioning body, are you able to override it by just going through that process? Yes, it's the same substance. And, you know, the WBC have exonerated him. So, you know, people have talked in this scenario about this is where boxing falls down, that there isn't a world governing body who can rule on this, who could rule above the WBC and say, no, you are not allowed to box until you've cleared your name with your own authority as well. And that they make a decision, whether and that decision may be the same. They may accept uh, the excuse, you know. Um, as I say, a joke as excuse, but they may ex- accept that. Um, but if we had a world governing body, um, which we don't have, and maybe we should have one, because maybe that would help with Olympic inclusion for boxing as well, and would be able to step, would be able to stand above EBA at the moment with boxing threatened to be thrown out of the Olympics in in uh, Los Angeles in 2028. Um, these are all bigger issues that could be dealt with by a world body. We have enough big figures in boxing that we could have a world body. And I think maybe that is the answer if we could get it moving forward. Yeah, how a sanctioning body like the WBC has this much power to, to kind of give someone the, 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 the thumbs down or thumbs up on their careers is beyond me well, well, over a governing body. Sorry to interrupt you. I mean, you know, look at what the WBC... Um, Look at what the WBC did out in Saudi last week. They were giving a world ranking. They were going to give a world ranking to to Jake Paul uh, if he beat Tommy Fury. I don't know if Tommy Fury gets a world ranking now. Maybe he does as well. I mean, it it, it doesn't. There was no merit um, in yeah. giving in giving Jake Paul a world ranking for beating Tommy Fury because they're both novices. There's no there's no lineage in in his eight fights to show that he deserved a whatever the they didn't specify what world ranking was but look the bottom line is boxing at the big money end is is about uh, uh, is about money um i i say it, at the big fight end is about money and you know yeah. it's a business more than it is a sport at times and and that's what we're seeing i can confirm that tommy fury did get a ranking so Tommy Fury is now ranked within the top 40 um, with the WBC, which, again, um, goes to show exactly what I think about the WBC. And I'm not going to mention what I think or what James Tony says the WBC stands for. We're going to move on very, very quickly. Can I just add? All right, next up. Can I just add, Andy, before you go next up, my true and deepest apologies for, for butting in. The boxing board haven't received anything yet in terms from Conor Ben in terms of uh, that he's suing them. Okay. That's interesting. Um, look, we'll see how this unfolds and no doubt we'll be all over the story as soon as it does break. All right, next up, we are going to talk Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia. The two stars will fight later this year and we're going to talk about the return, for me, of the GOAT. John Jones returns uh, to the Octagon after three years out of it to take on Cyril Garn for the UFC heavyweight title. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Outside of the heavyweight division, This, for me, is the most important fight in boxing this year. It has to happen. And the reason why it has to happen is because of the magnitude of the two guys that are going to be getting in the ring when it comes to their their profiles and following. Fast sounds, knockout artists, very, very talented boys. And these, especially in this division, 
We need to see this fight materialize. After eight months, I made this happen. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, done deal. This is what you wanted. This is what you're going to get. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis uh, as well. All right, let's talk about the big announcement. Finally, we've got some good news in box and some big news as well. Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia will happen April 22nd. Uh, we believe it will be the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Um, catch weight of 136 pounds, uh, no belt, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. This is the biggest fight that can be made for me in the, and it still really is a lightweight fight, although it's at one 36. What I found interesting, Gareth, was that it's going to be on zone pay-per-view and Showtime pay-per-view. So it's going to be a split pay-per-view. I always find those things interesting. Oh, we've seen it before when Floyd Mayweather and Manny mm. Pacquiao fought. Um, you know, we had all the major broadcasters in America. It just makes it bigger. Um, when when yeah. you have those yeah. kind of events, you know, Holyfield and Lewis, Lewis and Tyson, you, 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 you get when you get these big events... Um, even Floyd Mayweather and uh, Conor McGregor, I believe, was was all the broadcasters. When you get the rival broadcasters there, you know it's a mega spinner. It's really good to have this fight. I don't know why they need an extra pound each um, in terms <laughs> of it being at 136. They don't need a belt on the line. I think that's significant nope. as well. Um, look, this lightweight division, they call it the sexiest division in boxing, and I think it really is. You've got these two... Devin Haney and Vasyl Lomachenko lining up for May as well. Throw Shaka Stevenson in the mix. Look, five massive stars of boxing. Ryan Garcia, again, we talk about social media following, 11 million Instagram followers. He's, he's, he's got handsome looks. He's like a Hollywood star in his looks. He's, he's a young dad. He, he talks about his mental health issues. He's got equalizing power in both hands, and yet he's vulnerable as well. And in Tank Davis, mm. we got a guy from Baltimore, from where that first series of The Wire was filmed, grew up in children's homes. He's an extraordinary character. He's under the, or has been under the masterful kind of wings of Mayweather coming up through um, his young career. And I say young, these two guys are, were they 23 and 0, 26 and 0, something like that? Or, or Javonta, yeah. they're both undefeated. They both look brilliant in the ring. It's brilliant that Oscar De La Hoya and Premier Boxing Champions have got this over the line. It's just brilliant for boxing. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And you mentioned Floyd there, and it's a shame that Floyd, I don't think, will be involved in any capacity in this fight because it would have been so good to have Oscar and, Oscar and Ryan on one side and Javonte and Floyd on the other side. I mean, take my money right now. That would have been absolutely epic. Going on the split pay-per-views, do they, do, will both sort of organizations, companies then agree on the price because we know Showtime normally will chuck it out or PBC will normally chuck it out at around $100. DAZN might be a bit cheaper. Is, is it a case of DAZN and Showtime agreeing, okay, both $100 so we don't underplay each other here? I'm not party to that, of course, but you'd think that they can't undercut each other because everyone's going <laughs> to go with the cheaper price, aren't they? Yeah. So it's, it kind of makes sense they will have to agree on 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 the same if, if well a similar if not the same price um but you know that i doubt whether they'll knock heads over it what they need to knock heads over is how hard they promote this you know we talked mm -hmm. earlier in the show about the lack of promotion for event boxing is all about hype and promotion when leading into a big fight sometimes fights disappoint when they do have this massive hype around it 
it didn't disappoint in Saudi Arabia on Saturday night. It was it, it entertained us. This fight should truly entertain us because Tank Davis is a brilliant operator in the ring. Um, for me, he's a guy headed towards the top of the pound for pound list if he keeps going and he doesn't get in trouble in his life. Um, mm. So, you know, and, and, and Ryan Garcia has that kind of appeal that his fans follow him because they just want him to succeed. A, a big legion of young people, rather like Jake Paul. Um, like, God, last year, Deji's followers thought he would beat Mayweather because they believe in him yeah. so much. But there wasn't <laughs> yeah. a, a hope on earth that he was ever going to beat him. Um, yeah. it, what's, what's good is that, and, and again, um, why aren't we getting Virgil Ortiz in with Errol Spencer? If we're not getting um, Terence Crawford and Errol Spencer at welterweight, a fight we've waited and waited and waited for, why aren't we getting Virgil Ortiz in with him? Why aren't we getting, getting I don't know, Yaron Ennis in with Terence Crawford? Why aren't we getting the very best fights that there's there's a lot of stalling on all these big fights at the moment. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. We're still waiting for that to be announced. We understand it's still they're still wrangling over the money. We really need for the good of the sport to see all these big fights happen. And this is one of those fights that they've done brilliantly to get it over the line. Yeah, can't wait for it. April 22nd. I think everyone's going to be flying out to Vegas for that one. A uh, big fight happening uh, this weekend in Vegas, which I feel like should be, look, the UFC and their promotion have been fantastic over the last sort of 20 years, but I feel like they're lacking a little bit here. John Jones is returning to the octagon and it should be everywhere. He's returning at heavyweight after nearly three years out of the octagon to take on Cyril Garn. And that should be just on the lips of everyone that's an MMA or a combat sports fan. Um, it isn't. Uh, and I can't wait for him to, I can't wait to see what he has left. I, I've questioned whether or not it's still there. I do think there's a bit of gas left in the tank. I was going to say a bit of juice left in the tank. Shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> but I do think there's a bit of gas left in the tank. How much gas does he have left, Gareth? Well, I had this debate with you a few weeks ago when you put out um, uh, a very powerful tweet in lots of ways that um that you know it's come too late for john jones he won't have it having been three years away 40 pounds heavier mm. but the thing is i just i do agree with you in the fact he should have come back sooner he should have come back sooner yeah. and he should have gone to heavyweight sooner i think he should have gone to heavyweight three years ago there was cormier yeah. at heavyweight for him daniel cormier, cormier oh. that brilliant rivalry that would have been amazing there was still a group of big names around then that he could have fought that um, Brock Lesnar was probably still young enough to bring back then for that. They might end up bringing him back now if he beats Cyril Gain at the weekend. Um, but I just, John Jones, uh, you listen to everybody that ever fought him. You listen to uh, Quinton Rampage Jackson talking about him. He said he's never fought anyone better. Rashad Evans, Shogun Hua, all these guys that fought John Jones at light heavyweight, he just owned them all. He was brilliant against a yeah. pantheon of guys who were regarded as great in the industry. It probably isn't getting enough promotion, but again, three years out, three years away, you know, um, positive drugs tests, all those kind of things have blighted mm. this part of his career. Let's hope he's still got it left. He looks phenomenal. I've loved all the clips in the build-up. Um, 
And he's, apart from the problem he's got, if he beats Cyril Garn, Cyril Gain at the weekend, who else is there out there? That's the problem right now. It's a very shallow division in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, and with all respect yeah. to all those guys who are fighting there in, in the UFC heavyweight division, that's my problem. It's the timing. But you never know. He may ignite a new division. Yeah, and it could just become the John Jones show where you just tune in to see John Jones beat guys up as opposed to it being competitive matches. And, I mean, I know he's left the UFC and I know he's left under a bit of a cloud as well, but surely Dana White digs into his pocket and gets Francis Ngannou back for the biggest heavyweight fight we've ever seen if John Jones comes through on the weekend. Yeah, you, you never know. That might play into a, into a narrative. Um, I mean, it's peculiar because, you know, it was mouth-watering the prospect of John Jones stepping into Francis Ngannou. That was the fight we all wanted to see. Him stepping yeah. up to heavyweight and Francis Ngannou being in front of him. You know, um, for whatever reason, Francis Ngannou and the UFC and his, or Francis Ngannou's management in the UFC don't get on in the right way. But he can always be tempted back. I'm sure he could. I mean, he wants to do yeah. boxing. He wants to fight Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. But maybe, maybe he's only got one big fight in boxing before he goes back to MMA. Because at the end of the day, yeah. He spent the last seven, eight years, nine years training as an MMA fighter, not a boxer. Yeah, one thing I know John Jones will do if he wins on the weekend, he will grab that mic and he will call for Francis Ngannou's head. He will. That's just what John knows how to do that, unlike a lot of other sort of MMA fighters. All right, Gareth, as always, fantastic show. Thank you. My man, really appreciate it. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 